Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Forever. We're back. Can you imagine what an amazing break we just took, Wendy, from the first I, I, I am so refreshed and hydrated. She humidified. Mm-hmm. She slept. And we're back. And I'm joined by this week's guest, Wendy McClendon-Covey, who uh, I met at Sirius. And I remember being so excited when, because, you know, I interview a lot of people and like, you know, every now and again, I'll be like, okay, this person I care about, like deeply. And you were one of those people. And then oh, on top so of it, it's really true. And then on top of it, you were so nice and funny. And I thought you're like one of, like one out of every hundred actors and comedians. And, and you know that I'm telling the truth is like that. Why is that? That is the truth. I think... I think, God, that's an interesting question, Michelle, because again, I feel like I could talk with you about the dumbest stuff and it would still be an interesting conversation Yeah, because we live in the real world mm-hmm. and we do normal people things and we're not living that life of like what people think this business is. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Because really we're, we're, we work. We work our asses off and we're disciplined and we don't, we're not partying all the time. 
that's something that I think people are really disappointed to hear sometimes when they, when they interview me is like, I'm not, I don't go to parties. I'm not, I don't care about any of that. I care about working and I care about my friends and family and my cats and doing normal people things and going to target, which is what we talked about last time. We should dedicate this whole second part to target. How has target not, (laughs) I'd be happy to do it. How has target not um, like sponsored you in any way? That's a real question. It's so weird. That's it's strange. so weird that they haven't. I'm not joking. Because I literally, I literally go in Target and like, like do the merchandising. Like, oh, that's <laughs> out of place. I can't do it. You know? I love Opal House. Like all their like jewel tone duvets, all of that shit. I'm all about a Target, a new day. The clothing there has also veered, might I just say, into um, Branch Davidian territory as of late. Yes. There's a lot of ruffled prairie dresses. I, I really um, can't wait for that look to end. I just, I'm not into it. Thank you for saying that. Because sure. I have noticed that like on Net-A-Porter even. Yes. There's like a lot of smocks. Oh. Let's, I know we've all got pandemic bodies right now, but I think we can do a little bit better than that. Than Ma Ingalls nightgown. <laughs> Ma Ingalls. listen I agree and I have to tell you that I went you know I love Zara too even though Zara is Zara will trick you um because there is always a Black Friday panic energy at Zara there's always a line out the door there's a million people everyone you know they get one double XL for me it's like Legends of the Hidden Temple I got to find that double XL and get in on not even look at what it is and I bought these dresses there recently to be fair not to brag one was just an XL and it fit um like to really brag when you're you, a tall true. lady i'm a tall i've got uh you know every time they take an x-ray of my bones it looks like from the natural history museum you know my joke <laughs> no it's true every time i see an x-ray i'm like what is this jurassic world like <laughs> it's true i'm a big bone girl and i have a beautiful skeleton i have stunning ankle bones but the point is is that you got nothing fits zara is made for like small spanish women not yes. like big boned Hungarian farmers, which is like my lineage, you know? So anyway, make a long story short. Um, but I got this smock dress at Zara and uh, the size smaller didn't fit. And yet the size that I bought, it makes me look like a house and I bought it and I'm, I wore it. And only when I caught, I made the mistake of catching my reflection. I should have thrown it right back, but Uh I caught it and it was, Uh it was a major mistake. And you know, it wasn't cheap. It was like $75, 80 bucks, something like that. But now it's mine forever. This isn't a good story. I just wanted but to you, tell you what happened. You can't take it back. Why can't you take it? Oh back? no! Or you no. pulled the Zara, tags off. Oh, I wore it. I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. covered in SPF. It's a it's a mess. Um, <laughs> well, don't Michelle, let that stop you, Michelle. Well, I mean, you have a point. Ooh. You have a point. Um, so Wendy, wait. So forget. It. I I could genuinely talk about clothing the entire time because that's yeah. all I really care about. Um, I so I've admired you for such a long time. I would say and argue with me on this. Your your big break was Reno nine one one. Obviously, was yeah, like yeah, that was the moment. You were in right. the Groundlings. Um, mm-hmm. I did read your wiki page. Have you read it recently? Have you looked it? No, out? no. And who's updating it? I just want to know. Yeah, but go on. It's, it's not me. It's or Mocha. Anyone from- it's so, mocha like yeah. wendy doesn't leave food out like she used to i'm like it's weird that that was the first <laughs> sentence 13 times a day referencing episode one but um no but it says that you worked in a hotel and as everyone knows i'm staying in quote unquote the hamptons a hampton yes. inn uh where which hotel can you share with us which one it was yeah because it's not there anymore oh. um 
but I worked at a shitty hotel near Disneyland in Anaheim, California, that was literally, you, you had to cross over railroad tracks to get to that part of Anaheim. <laughs> That's like a Simpsons reference. I've written a whole pilot about it, actually. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Um, my best friend at the time got me the job. I had been working in retail and I just couldn't do it anymore. So this is my first office job. And I lied about my typing skills <gasps> to get this job. And I stayed there for three years, but it was the most, I mean, I I should say it was a blessing because, you know, it It sustained me, you know, Um, but so many weird stories came out of it. It was a hotel with outside corridors. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there were no hallways, everything open to the outside. I call that the Florida project. There's like Florida project motel energy. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I did that for a while. And then, okay. So my friend there who got me the job, she's the one that made the call to sign me up for the groundlings. No kidding. Because I was too nervous to do it. And she took classes with me and then she quit, which is such a waste because I really think she would have um, gone on to be something major. Oh no. Are you still in touch with her? I am. Okay. I am. She's a grandma now and lives no. in Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh it's God. insane. Yeah. The road not traveled, Michelle, but that's, that's who <laughs> signed me up. And that, that wow. was the catalyst of me going and taking comedy classes at the groundlings. And so we would drive out there to Hollywood. So from where we live in long beach to Hollywood is like 30 miles. So we would drive there on a Saturday and sometimes we would be so nervous we would just drive right past the building and drive oh, home. No. But eventually we would go in, you know, and obviously it worked out. <laughs> like, How old were you I when this was happening? She stopped. Like mid-20s? Um, like 27. Right. Yeah. Cause I I didn't start taking class until I got married. And my husband said, uh, why don't you just try it? It's nice to have that support. Were you in like acting things in high school and college or was this really the first time you had like gotten on a stage? I I had done all that in high school. I was a performer and a dancer and blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to be a dance major in college. And my parents were just like, what are you doing? (laughs) What the hell are you doing? This is so stupid. What are you going to do with that degree? Yeah. You want to go to acting school? Absolutely not. Where would you even get such a stupid idea? Like they were not for it. So I would try to sneak off because I lived with my parents until I was 26 and got married. So I would try to like do things on the sly, but when you're trying to do things that way, it never works out. And I was just spinning my wheels and I didn't know why I was going to school and I kept dropping out and dropping in. I would, I had no direction whatsoever. It was a very tough time. Mm. That's why I said your twenties sometimes suck. Mine did probably more than most people's because no. I made it that way, but that's everybody though. Everybody like I, you know, first of all, you have no money unless you're someone, if you know, you have money, I think there's probably other issues like you being a big asshole. It just comes yeah. to mind, but you that's know, if, if, if you didn't have to like work for it, you know what I mean? Or try, I was a legal secretary for four years out of college. Um, wow. and it was in New York on wall street to these two women who one looked like Carl Lagerfeld. Uh, I hope they can both rest <laughs> in peace. I think she's still alive, but let's not even go there. And then, um, and then this other woman who 
while being a very um, average looking, you know, smart but mean woman, one time called me in her office and said, you know, you really look better when you wear makeup to work. This woman who never wore, I mean, she looked like um, young Sheldon, okay, had the goal to tell me to wear makeup to work. I was like, okay. And it was funny because she had a daughter who was also in the improv world. And I always felt very like competitive. We were around the same age, but you know, but like you're saying with your hotel job, uh, was I thrilled to be working there? No, it was the good thing about it was like, I could do the job easily and I had hacks that made me be able to do it really quickly, which they didn't know. Um, things that would have gotten me fired by the way, but I, I got the work done. Uh, but I was done at five o'clock. I could go do stand up every night. I could go, I had to be there at nine. It was very set in that way, which a lot of jobs, especially now think about like you know, people working in PR or TV, they have to work from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. for yeah. no money. Yeah. So I, I am grateful that it was at least those set hours and gave me the, right. the options. But yeah, having no money also sucked big time because you couldn't even yeah. do anything. Exactly. And yeah. you you stayed with that job for four years. I did. Because of the security. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave you structure to your days. It paid your bills. But you were there feeling like this is not who I am. No. Am I going to, am I going to do this forever? I'm on year four. What, what's it going to take for me to bust out of this? This is not what I was meant to do with my life. But I wonder if our parents are the same because my mother who God bless her. Um, I was always raised like when I got my SAT scores back, which were fine. They were good. They weren't amazing, but they were okay. Number one, my mother thought I cheated. True story. Then she goes, <laughs> then she goes, this must be some mistake. They were, they were fine. I'll tell everyone. I got a 1340. It's like, fine. It's not uh-huh. genius Harvard, like 1500, but it's okay. She goes, uh-huh. there must've been some mistake. I said, well, you know, mom, I'm going to take it again. Cause they average like the college won't see the lower scores. So if I bomb uh-huh. it and she went, no, don't take it again. Be happy with what you got. And I didn't take them again. And it's the same thing with work where it's always like, just be happy to work. Yes. So basically with this job, it was not like, you know, don't, some people, I have friends who will like quit something when they're unhappy and then be unemployed. N- absolutely not. That would just yeah. not happen where I come from. I need work to mm-hmm. leave work. Basically. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I bet you're the same. No, way, that's that's yeah. exactly the way I was raised too. like yep. where you land, you stay for 30 years. Yeah. You don't have to like it. Yes. You know Lucky. how many people don't like their jobs? Dreams. What the fuck is that? What, uh, it's a new podcast <laughs> Wendy and I are starting called What the Fucker Dreams, where we bring people on, famous people, to talk about their parents who never um, ha- gave them any drive whatsoever. But oh when you went God. to the Groundlings, by the way, uh-huh. so the Groundlings to me is a fascinating world. I did improv in college. Um, it was fine. It wasn't like professional. You know, it was like a bit silly. But uh-huh. the idea of doing improv with like skilled people, like I've done the UCB Cat shows. And when I see them work my brain explodes because there is such talent and it's so quick. Like I pride myself on speed, you know, right. They, they run circles around me. It's startling. Were you intimidated at all getting involved or was it like, it had to be scary, right? Oh yeah. That's why we would just drive right past the building sometimes. And I I remember getting up in class and like shaking, visibly shaking, but feeling like, no bitch, you do this. And if you don't do this, then you are a fraud. Ugh. Quit telling people you want to be an actor. See, these are the nice things I say to myself. So sweet. So <laughs> I would get up there. And if you did something right and you got a laugh and you got applause, you're like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, this is the best drug I've ever had in my life. 
Yes. You know, it is when a drug. Chill, it's like, oh. oh my God, I can do this. I'm doing this. And so, yeah, I, I had a lot of um, insecurities around it, but I busted through them. So I'm very proud of myself for sticking through, sticking with that, even though there were times when I really doubted myself and something made me just keep going and it worked out. And it worked out. I really loved the writing part of it. I love the character development and all that. I personally don't love playing improv games. Yeah. I like the long form stuff, but I, I mean, I got to say my, my groundlings education, I've used more than my college education. Of course. Well, that makes sense to me, especially watching you on Reno 911 with that cast where it, the chemistry of that cast was so palpable and it just felt that was such a special show. Can I say something controversial? And you can disagree Mm. with me if you like. (laughs) No, because I'm I always like to think about like now versus then I'm very into, like Mm -hmm. I always say the movies in the nineties were better than they are now. And that could be because I was Mm -hmm. younger, but I really feel like the art was more vivid. Like it just, it it was edgier. It felt better. I don't know. And I think back to Reno and I'm like, where is, I mean, you look at what's on comedy central now, other than South Park, which I love, but what happened to Comedy Central? There's they kind of like gave they're they're not doing anything edgy anymore. They're not doing anything anymore. Right. And then you have the streaming services, which are putting and some shows are brilliant, of course. But when it comes to like just slapstick, absurd, ridiculous, because Reno had all of that. I mean, Reno was just like funny to be funny, and that was it. Yeah. And yeah. when I think of things nowadays, I'm like, here and there we get it. But am I wrong to say that it's not happening like it used to? You can disagree with me and I'm open. Yeah, to it. no, I don't. I don't know why that all went terribly wrong. It's like the last thing I liked on Comedy Central was Broad City. Love Broad City, of course. And I I still don't think they advertised it enough, but I don't know what that's about. And then, you know, about this whole um, Quibi debacle that happened over the past year. Can Listen, I never thought. Quibi is like Beetlejuice where I'm worried if we say it too many times on this podcast, we'll resuscitate it. Um, And I had friends who worked at Quibi. I, you know, I actually had a pilot at Quibi. My biggest regret in life, and I'm dying to hear about what happened with you and Quibi, is I had friends who got deals at Quibi where they were, you know, got a lot of money and the network went under, but they still got paid. And I'm like, that is my, you know, that that's how, you know, I'm an unlucky Jew because that will never happen to me. I've never, Wendy, I've never gotten severance in my life. I've never got, I've never had some, I've had shit get canceled. And then they're like, well, good luck. Like they don't pay me afterwards. You know what I mean? So I was bitter about that, but what exactly happened there? Was it, was working with them? Listen, I don't want to like throw them into the bus. There are people probably looking for work now, but I mean, what's your, how are you feeling when I say Quibi? Do you feel angry? Do you feel happy? Where are you at? I feel I'm still scratching my head at who thought this was a good idea. Got it. Yeah. And then after all that, all that they put into it, which is snapping up content indiscriminately, that they had such a poor rollout plan because they revived Reno for Quibi. I don't know if you knew that. Of course I knew it. Yeah. So and by the way, I think all that stuff, all the Quibi stuff was probably sold to Roku. So on the Roku channel, you can probably watch all that oh, stuff now. It's exciting. It, it does live somewhere. Okay. But when it was time for us to start promoting it, whoever, whoever's niece with a community college PR major that they assigned to us. Oh, no. 
was was having us talk to like nobodies. I mean, the, the rollout was so strange. The art department who was doing our social media and all of that, it was ridiculously stupid. Like wow. such stupid content that none of us wanted to retweet or repost or, or anything like that. That feeling, but yeah. we had a good oh. time. We had a right. really good time filming the stuff, you know? So we did that and we ended right before the lockdown. How many episodes were released of, of Reno? I know they're like six minutes probably each. You know, I don't remember because I never saw all of it. Got it. It's a good sign. Um, yeah. I don't remember, but you know, it was fun and we had good people come and, right. and play with us. Ron Perlman. Um, mm. I don't remember who else, but you know, the whole thing about if you hold your phone this way, you get one view. And if you hold it the other way, you get another view. Who cares? Who cares? It, Please don't tell me that's that's a selling point. Like that's that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We were going to do we were in the process of doing another episode another season for Quibi in October and the second day of shooting they found out that Quibi was shutting down. But the checks were still clearing so they kept going. So there is another season in the can. No. Where will it live? I have no idea. So that's hilarious. By the way, I mean, uh, absolute boon for Roku, who I know didn't have like HBO Max for about 17 years. Yeah. So it would be a nice thing if they got, uh, you know, a bite on something. I would be excited sure. for them. Um, sure. That's really funny. I wonder where, I wonder if Quibi will ever release it. I, if honestly, if Roku were smart, they'd put yeah. it out. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, I know there's been interest from, I mean, look, these are fully fledged, episodes like someone will pick it up and i know that paramount plus announced that we're doing a movie for them (gasps) but that's putting the cart before the horse because the movie has not been written oh and we all have not said we're doing it so (laughs) you know know what that's gonna be i'll tell you who's definitely not doing it if there's a horse involved is gleb if there's a horse involved (laughs) gleb ain't a part of it period gleb is yeah forget it (laughs) He's Gleb's writing it. Upset about horses. <laughs> Gleb is writing the new Reno 911 movie. Um, I love when things uh, are just released, you know, when articles. Well, it's funny how like sometimes, you know, Variety or Hollywood Reporter will put something out there that it's like, yeah. oh, I mean, and I'm a, I'm like a nobody. And even when I'm like, I'm on a show, I'll be like, oh, I, I had no idea that was happening. That's funny. You know yeah. what I mean? It just you you learn about things that way. Yeah, you and learn about things. You learn a lot about your life. You've also worked, Wendy, with... Um, when I say idols, I don't use those terms loosely. Uh, Kristen Wiig, who to me, there's a handful of people who I can look at and laugh. Yeah. Uh, Fred Armisen, Keenan, Kristen is absolutely a part of it. Such a genius. Um, yeah. And Bridesmaids was, even though Reno was obviously breakout, I do feel like for you, Bridesmaids was the star vehicle, even though, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Because nobody watched Reno. It was on basic cable. And then, and it was, you know, listen, it was great. I'm glad I got to do it. But, um, but yeah, that one was the one where I finally got to, you know, flip the bird to my manager at the time who told me not to do bridesmaids. Really? Yeah. Although he had nothing else for me to do. He's like, I don't get it. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. And this is like three years of me not having the confidence to leave this person who obviously did not have a plan for me, didn't know what to do with me. And there's something that falls into my lap like this. And to him, I guess not working was better than working, (laughs) but I, 
I was like, no, I'm doing it. Of course and I'm doing it. his name was Gerald Quibby. Oh, And God. he's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. on. God. He knows what he did. I bet he does. I feel like firing a manager. I've never had one, mainly uh-huh. because I don't have enough money in the pot for all of these people. I have an attorney. I have my agents. Yeah. It's like, I need to also, you know, get my Joe and the Juice uh, spicy tuna sandwich. When do you get it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the idea of firing an, uh, an agent or a manager to me is worse than breaking up with someone. I don't think I could do it. It's so stressful. Oh I don't my know. God. You know, and I know a lot of people that feel that way. And so they stay with bad representation and tithe their 10% to them in perpetuity. And you're like, I hate you. You do nothing for me. You're a barnacle. But I gave this idiot so many chances. Yeah. And I gave him, you know, after, after Bridesmaids started doing really, really well, I gave him the opportunity to tell me what he wanted, what he thought I could do. And I said, what, what's next? What's on deck? Who am I meeting with? Well, I don't know yet, but um, we're really feeling positive over here. And I said, uh, I think our journey has ended. Let's quit pretending this is a good idea. God. This is ridiculous. But working with Paul, who Paul has been a guest on my series show. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever met a nicer person. He just... He's like a, he has that glow. You know who has that too? Larry David. And I don't know how else to explain it where, and I'm, I'm sure you know, Larry, I have to just, no, I don't. That. you don't know him. <laughs> I've auditioned for him four times. No, I cannot get on that show, but no, I don't know. Him. Whoa. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, this is and like, this I is for me the reveal. The <gasps> happened and was like, there's never going to be any. I, you know, this is the first time I felt angry toward Larry David. I, I, he's to me like, no, I'm serious. He's someone who to me, like can really not do any wrong. Like, you know how everyone now with Woody, it's like how people don't want to shun Woody, even though he's obviously a monster, right? Like if I found out something about Larry like that, it would be very hard for me to accept. And I'm going to file this under that. Like, it's hard for me to accept that he didn't hire you. Yeah. Yeah. For curb of all things, which is like your wheelhouse. (laughs) I'm fuming. I, I'm I'm actually very upset. Did he not? Because, you know, the thing with Larry is he eats nothing but like microgreens. He's like kind of like a gooper. Like he's a Gwynethy health nut. Did you know that about is him? Is that true? Yes. He's very healthy. This oh, is why wow. a relationship with him would never work for me, which I fantasized about a lot. But I'm also deeply uh, damaged, which you know about. But okay. anyway, going back to Larry, but Paul has that too, where it's that inner yes. glow. It's like there's something almost angelic, as crazy as that sounds about them. Um, Paul loves what he does. Yeah. He loves it. And he makes you so happy to be at work. I love that. And when you're working long hours like that, it is so nice to look at Paul Feig, who is dressed like oh. like a fashion model, he's always he's, he he's uh, always perfectly turned out, yes. always pleasant, yes, very collaborative. He's just an angel. You're right. Everything, he is. He does have a glow. He's a sweet, sweet man. And back to Kristen. Kristen is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, and that's why everybody wants to work with her all the time. Not only is she talented, she is a genuinely sweet person and her writing partner, Annie, Mumolo, Annie. Who, you know, didn't get to be in bridesmaids as much as she wanted to be. Cause she was pregnant with baby number two. Cause that's, you know, that's how long it took bridesmaids to get off the ground. She had two babies during the, is that true process? Oh yeah. She had two kids. She's like Mocha. Yeah. So we did, we did the first table read of bridesmaids in like 2007. Okay. And then it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. And then 2000, 
that actually, I might be lying. It might've been 2005. Well, anyway, it just took a long time. Finally, by 2010, we were filming, but she was pregnant with baby number two. Why did it take so long? Was it like a financial thing or a scheduling thing? What happened? I think it was scheduling. Right. I think it was scheduling because Kristen was doing SNL at the time and movies just take a long time. Well, again, this was 10 years ago. So, you know, it wasn't like, great, slap a vampire in it and we'll start shooting tomorrow. (laughs) It is the one thing Bridesmaids was missing for me was the vampire. I was like, okay, now at what point is it in the, you know, the wedding uh, dress shop? And also Ellie Kemper, who is a friend who I adore, also the nicest person. It does seem like when you work with, when you're on a set, especially in a collaborative comedy like Bridesmaids is, mm-hmm. everyone kind of has to get along. Cause I can't imagine yeah. not liking someone. And then, you know, it's like the sex in the city uh, conundrum where right. you have someone there who's like, and I'm on both sides. I don't take a side in that feud by right. the way, right? but who's kind of poisoning the vibe. How can you possibly be funny? Have you ever, and you don't have to give information out, but have you ever yeah. had that situation happen where you can't stomach someone and then the camera yeah. turns on and you're in? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm dying to know who, but okay, go on. um, (laughs) It's quite a mind fuck. Yeah. And to also have to pretend in the press that everything's great between you and this person, because you you don't want anything bad to go out about a project that you love. You, You don't want people focusing on any of that. You want them to focus on what you did on screen. But yes, there are times when it's like, wow, I just saw you tear into a PA and humiliate them. And now I have to pretend that you're a nice person that I love. Oh my God. Really hard. Yeah. People who are mean to PAs were, are so hurt inside. Like yeah. there is so much hurt going on there to tear into someone who all they want to do is make you happy and maybe exactly. they can't figure it out. Maybe they're too young. Maybe they're not smart enough, whatever it is, but they're also not psychics. It's not a little Teresa Caputa there. They're yeah. like yeah, little college grads. You know, can you imagine a yes. little PA Teresa, my dream you're in a movie called long weekend, yes. which uh, it looks phenomenal. It is out. It came out last week. Yes. Wendy. And it's actually in <gasps> theaters and drive-ins. Remember those? Oh my God. Yeah, wow. you can actually see it in a theater. It's um, I love the cast. Love uh, Finn Wittrock oh. from all the Ryan Murphy stuff. Yes. Um, Jim Rash, Casey Wilson, who I worship as well, Damon Wayans Jr. Uh, tell everyone about it and and what it what your part is. Okay, in. so Steve Bassalone is the writer and director. This is his first movie, and so it's a big big win for him because it's semi autobiographical about a horrible time in his life where like. He had just gone through a horrible operation and his mother had died and all these things and a big breakup. He meets this girl and has this wild romance with her. And then she leaves and it's like, wait, did that happen? Or did I imagine that whole thing? Like I was so blissfully happy for that short amount of time, but did that happen? So Ben Whitrock is just such a juicy peach. All right. He is adorable. And Zoe Chow plays the mystery girl who shows up. Yeah. Um, their chemistry is so beautiful. Aww. It's just, it's just a dreamy movie. You know what I mean? Aww, It'll I make that. you want to grab romances. a stranger and make out with them. Okay, Michelle. Oh, I, if anything's going to make me do that more than I already want to do it, I'm going <laughs> to land myself in prison. I don't think you understand. This movie might literally cause me to do something criminal. Wendy. Um, that is, 
No, that's and by the way, I you know we really didn't get into Barb and um, Star, but yes. it it's blown up. I mean, it was probably I would have to think one of the biggest at home movie purchase movies ever. And it's what we need right now because it is just the kind of yes. stupid funny that you need. And it's one of those things that kind of you watch it once and then you start thinking back. Oh wait a minute, wait, what did that crab say? Oh my god. Wait, culottes. Wow. I mean, it's just so stupidly funny. You will laugh your ass off. You will want to see it. It is very stupid. I mean, it's it. I actually was surprised at like the Austin Powers twist to it when I was watching it. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be that. Like, I thought it was going to be like these two ladies, you know, going. I didn't I didn't expect the talking crab. Yeah. And that Jamie Dornan. And I I don't want to end that Jamie Dornan, who, by the way, no, Wendy, I don't think you get it. I will watch I, I will watch interviews of him on Graham Norton or wherever and I will feel the feeling of love. Like yeah. I'm like I am I'm madly in love with this man and it's like I could see why people stop. Uh-huh. Like I get it because you're just like how do I make him know about me even uh-huh. though he's married with children. Yeah. I'm sick is what I'm trying to say. I mean, Did you meet him? Did you uh, tell me everything? I didn't get to meet him. I worked no. at one I didn't get to go to Mexico with all of them to film that. No. Uh, which I think is okay. I think everybody came back sick and um, oh, good. full of parasites. But I worked, <laughs> um, our little town square thing that I filmed was in New Mexico. So that was great. Okay. And by the time we filmed that, they had been in Mexico for so long that they came back. They're wandering around New Mexico like they're on Molly. Like, oh my God, is that oat milk? <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I can eat this without consequence. Like they were just like touching things and like, Oh my God, this is the United States. Wow. Wow. So anyway, it was really, really fun for me, you know, yeah. to play that small town kind of glamorous. Um, we need more. We need we more need of more. Wendy in it. I'm going to say for the sequel, but that comes yeah. out on video on demand, I believe next week. So you won't okay, have to great. rent it anymore. And then the whole digital package comes out like the DVD, the Blu-ray, all the featurettes, all the stuff they had to cut for time, which I don't know if you have seen the Bridesmaids DVD, but there's like three hours of extra footage on there. It's like a whole other movie. I can't believe there was any film left in LA after they made Bridesmaids. Oh I mean, just between the director's cut, this is like the Amadeus of our yes, time. Yes, come Wendy. on. But if you need to laugh, this is what you get yes. into. You sit there with your popcorn and laugh your ass off. There's never enough bridesmaids. There's never enough you. Uh, first of all, I, number one, that you even agreed to do this podcast to me means the world. I truly, I'm so grateful to have met you and to know you. Um, one of the funniest and the best and sweetest. Wendy so McClendon sweet. Covey. I really mean it. I just, I, I, every time I see you, I feel good. Cause I'm like, Oh, good people are working. There's hope for me yet. Cause obviously I'm great. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Wendy, come on. Uh, Wendy McClendon Covey, follow her on Instagram. Go watch long weekend, go watch DVR and watch the Goldbergs. Um, obviously Barb and star, I mean, everyone's seen it, but watch it again for God's sake. <laughs> and, uh, and listen, the one I'm most excited about Modoc. ever since I've seen Modoc. Wendy, I cannot get Modoc off the brain. You're I'm gonna, obsessed. You're going to love it. By the way, guys, next week, uh, we are taking the week off. Don't yell at me. I feel like this week was enough for two weeks, so you're welcome. Um, but if you're really bored and missing me, you can always go uh, and leave us a review. Five stars if you're nice. 
or just don't. Uh, leave us a little review. Just rate us. It helps the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family to listen to it, to subscribe to Midnight Snack. I'm so grateful to all of you who listen. And uh, we'll see you back here with an incredible guest. I don't want to even say who, but we have someone very big coming in two weeks. So we'll see you then. Bye, guys. This has been a Forever Dog production. Midnight Snack with Michelle Collins is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Gabe Lopez. Cover art by Ben Wiseman. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com mishcall. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.